Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. Mike, the night we've all been waiting for, the Football Guys Players Championship Draft starts now. Here we go. One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rivalry. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. Let's go. On Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio with your host, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen. Do it straight from the haters. Got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need a same music. No one man to have all that power. The clock ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. Super Bowl, we do have a season, the CPA has signed, that's out of the way, 
And now we're waiting for one of our fellow drafters to get this show on the road. The chat room is packed. The crew here we affectionately call uh, some of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy football will be joining us this evening. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at this rundown here. I'm going to run down the lineup while we wait. Uh, it shouldn't be much longer now. I know Glenn is uh, right here ready to pick. Glenn Racing X, Glenn Lowy. We've got Kern Reed from the two-hole. Uh, you know, if you're in the top six, you're loving the running backs in this draft. Uh, you, you, you get your top running back, and you're on your way more than likely. Uh, at the seven hole, some will make a case for McFadden. Most will take a, a wide receiver like Andre or, or Calvin or that top wide receiver candidate. We've seen we've seen some strange things happen every once in a while where somebody will take a tight end or maybe Mike Vick. But for the most part, it's pretty steady. Six running backs, a couple wide receivers, yeah. and then it's all, all hell breaks loose. Because of this format, and I want to talk about the format real quick, Mike, and turn it over to you. The FFPC created this monstrosity. Uh, Dave Gerzak, Alex Kaganowski, Lou Tranquilli, they, a couple of years ago, they came up with this idea to make a fantasy contest that had a couple of unique twists. The first twist, uh, number one, is the tight end rule, one and a half points per reception. Uh, that in and of itself seems pretty simple, but it's, it's very difficult to tackle. We're going to talk about it all night long about how – the tight end fits into this thing because, number two, the thing that makes this whole thing work together and, and cause maddening scenarios and draft board nightmares is the dual flex. And the dual flex, Mike, allows you that creativity to not worry about a position run, so to speak, but it really allows you to take the best player available no matter where you're at on the, on the board. Uh, you can flex two, tight, two extra tight ends, so some of these guys will take three tight ends. And that's what's maddening, Mike. If you pass on an elite tight end in this thing, like early on, some of these guys get wild hairs up there, you know what, and they end up taking two tight ends on your – and then come back and take a third, and they're not afraid to do it because they can start them every single week, and they're getting one and a half points per catch. So that's what this format's all about. You will watch it unfold in a matter of minutes. Matter of fact, the commission just gave the nod. Glenn Lowe is on the clock. Mike, you played in this draft. What's so unique about it? Well, I'll tell you what, it's that one and a half point. Uh, like you said, uh, there's going to be uh, some tight ends that might fly off the board uh, a lot quicker than normal. And the only reason for that is, like you said, the dual flex. It will it will enable you to start more tight ends instead of reaching for a, uh, a running back or a, a wide receiver two that maybe you're not hip on. You can go ahead and get that tight end, that starter stud tight end uh, that's going to fit your bill. And that one-and-a-half point, man, that's going to mean a lot for you. I'm going to give a call in number 347-324-5404 is the number. We do take callers. We've got a uh, somebody lined up here. I'm not sure if this is a, my uh, my partner in crime here tonight. 978, you're on the air with Red versus Blue. 978, area code. Who who we got here? Hello. Aaron Foster, Glenn. Arian Foster is the one pick. 978, you are on the air. I'm going to give you another chance. Are you with us? I'm here. Can you hear me? Chris there Johnson he is. Went with Kern. Uh, Kern went with Chris Johnson. Uh-huh. On the Arian clock. Foster what went, are you going to do? Went Timmy's one. pick. Hey, hold on. Timmy's pick. i got to see what he does. Okay. Arian that's Tim? That was Tim's pick. That's Tim Dano. Uh, he is live with the three pick here. That's from TNT Facebook. What's he gonna do? Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 talk to me, talk to me. This is huge. Aaron Foster <laughs> went number one. Chris Johnson went number two. TNT is live here. We're gonna bring up another nine seven eight. 
area code uh, with the 978 is uh, coming alive tonight. Arian Foster, Chris Johnson, and Ray Rice. That's the top three picks. Nothing to complain about there. It's kind of like what we yeah. expected. We're going we're gonna to see those first six running backs coming off the board. And uh, yeah. we're going to bring we're going to bring 978 back on the air. 978, is this Tim Dano? Okay, guess not. We're going to we're going to wait for we're going to put 978 on hold. Adrian Come Peterson goes, is off. Uh, yeah, we've got the top four running backs off the board. Let me also talk. We're we're drafting using RT Sports software. Uh, those guys have built an incredible draft board here. This thing, you better have a, a processor, you better have a computer and a good browser because this thing is chock full of features. Uh, makes it a really nice, enjoyable experience. We've got a color coded draft board. You can follow it along. Uh, Perry yeah, and I are going to have. Yeah, that, that's been. Uh, well, we got Jamal Charles and LaShawn McCoy real quick. So uh, that means it's up to uh, David. Yeah, well, you know what? Perry and I talked about this scenario. I'm waiting on Perry to, to dial us up, too, when he, whenever he's ready to come on. Perry Van Hook is my partner. Roddy White just went. So that means uh, Captain's legacy here. That's Team Legacy and Captain Hook here. We just had Andre Johnson fall into our lap, and I don't think there's uh, going to be a bat of an eye here at the eight pick. Let me just confirm that with Perry. Perry, AJ, good with you, bud. Let's see, I think so. Got to be, got got to be the play here. JD. Interesting. Yeah, Andre Johnson. We're happy with that. We're we're glad to go ahead and get the draft started off with what we consider to be the number one wide receiver. There was another wide receiver we were really talking about taking this year, but. Uh, we we didn't think Andre would fall to us, so we'll we'll gladly take Andre and start our draft off that way, Mike. Again, it's the FFPC. It's points per reception. For those guys that don't play high stakes, some of those leagues aren't PPR, but all the high stakes leagues play points per reception. It's the only way to play it. And Andre's a guy that's going to get you, you know, 90 catches a year. Uh, you know, and those yeah. touchdowns, and he's, he's going to get he's going to be the uh, complete package. Uh, you know, I don't think that's a bad pick at all. I can see one pick that I maybe would have taken ahead of him, believe it or not. Uh, and, uh, you know, Vince, he may go ahead and do it, and he did it. So, I don't know. You know, and Vince goes ahead and takes Darren McFadden, and uh, then you got uh, uh, Trunk Muzzer with uh, Calvin Johnson. So, pretty steady throughout the first round so far, Scott. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try I'm gonna try successfully here. Hopefully, crossing my fingers to bring on Tim Dano. Tim, you with us, man? I am. What's going on, guys? What's up, Tim? We had hey, a, we listen. had an invasion. We had an invasion from the nine seven eight area code there for a while, and they just would not cooperate, man. Hey, hey, we're representing, man. You know, <laughs> what a reach pick that that Andre Johnson was a, was a reach pick there, by the way, Scott. Hey. Uh, we're, we're reaching up. <laughs> well, we're, we're not, you know, we're going. Tim, we're going to see if uh, we're going to see if Scott and Perry are uh, if they're ready to go ahead and uh, pull the trigger on a running back here soon because uh, it's going to be coming right back around to him. You got uh, Ray Rice. You got to feel good about that, Bub. Yeah, Ray Rice. You know that was a tough decision. We were d- debating between Adrian Peterson um, and and Ray Rice, and you know Adrian Peterson's kind of the safe guy, but. You know, with McGahey gone and and uh, the chances of the goal line carries this year, we like Ray Rice, and I think uh, you know it's, it's well, a fun uh, play. You know, the the fullback uh, being signed, you know, in front of Rice, uh, that that's even more opportunities. I mean, this team can be uh, this team can be something special, and 
MJD just went, and uh, so it's two picks before uh, Scott and Perry get going, and I don't know what kind of running back Scott and Perry might be looking at, but, uh, you know, it's getting pretty thin now with Forte and MJD gone. Yeah, well, I mean, there's still plenty of names there, and, and uh, they don't have to go running back. I'm not one of these guys that believe that you need to have running backs. Last year, you know, in the main event, we actually waited to the fifth round to take a running back, and we were, you know, eighth overall going into the final week. So, you know, if they play the cards right, get the right guys to fill in later on, there's no need to rush yeah. into that right now. Yeah, well, that's Are true. We and, uh, I can't. Mike, oh. Mike, sorry about that, man. I didn't mean to cut you off. Look, we, we had Frank Gore fall to us uh, at the 2-5 uh, pick, and we were pretty happy about that. I was a little worried that maybe when I saw uh, BFD, Lou Tranquilly, take Forte and Mendenhall, those were the two backs. We were hoping one of those two backs to fall to 2-5. We've seen that happen quite a bit uh, in these drafts, and, and to see those guys not there was a little disappointing when you start off a draft with Andre Johnson. I like to get that at least that one running back in those first two rounds. Mike, sorry I cut you off there. You you uh you saw the uh the turn there, Fitzgerald and Knicks for Henry yeah. Muto. That's one heck of a combination to start off the draft. You know, I I was really uh really kinda curious about that. Uh so they uh obviously Henry Henry's not worried about the running backs, uh, just like uh Tim and I were talking about. It's like, well, you know, we can go ahead and uh We'll take care of them later on. Uh, I'm not so sure that that's a good idea, but then again, uh, I was surprised that McFadden went as high as he did. Uh, Mendenhall uh, goes before Gore. I mean, you guys got to steal in Gore, in my opinion. I, I just I really can't believe that. Uh, Michael Bick goes behind you, and then uh, we got that first tight end. Talking about that tight end, that uh, point and a half, uh, Antonio Gates goes. Um, so, it's, yeah, well, look, you've got uh, the first quarterback went off the board um, to the seven, David Lipke. He comes up and takes Mike Vick at 2-6. So the first quarterback goes off the board. Look, traditionally when you're talking about high-stakes fantasy football and the FPC format, these guys are going to let quarterbacks slide far. You're going you're gonna to not believe how far these quarterbacks fall in this draft. It's, it's going to happen. Quarterback is a very deep position. And it's going to happen where you're just sitting there looking at all this tremendous value, and you're going to say nope because it can come back around to me, and I can get and I can get one of those guys, you know, seven, eight deep. When you're talking about Peyton and Brady and Rivers and Romo, uh, and it, uh, it just keeps going. You got Schaub and Breeze, and, and I mean, there's lots think? of guys who can get one of these real elite quarterbacks late. What do you think Tim Dano's looking at right now? Tim and Tim both. Well, he took Ryan Matthews, and it's a very interesting pick. I want to ask, I want to pick Tim's brain about it because I'll tell you what, I, I, I listened to my good friend Wayne Ellis the other day. He brought up a pretty interesting stat that uh, there's a stat out there called points per, uh, not I think it's points per play, point, points per play. Uh, so if you're in the, if you're involved in the play, the number one player in the in the league was Ryan Matthews. The number two player in the league, interestingly enough, was Mike Tolbert. And that tells you something right there about the San Diego running off the run game for uh, San Diego. It's pretty potent. So Tim uh, obviously likes it. We're going to let him and his partner think through the turn. We don't want to interrupt him while he's trying right, to figure out right. how to navigate that well, turn. You know, that, that's something I wanted to do real quick, Scott, is kind of maybe forecast on, uh, you know, they, they've already got two running backs and we're waiting on Kern, who, Kern and Glenn both uh, – 
you know, they're probably wondering, uh, well, shoot, we we might have uh, some pretty good uh, pretty good chances at wide receiver. Would either one of them go quarterback or anything? Well, there goes uh, Kern with uh, Steven Jackson. Wow. Yeah, it's, uh, this draft, again, it's an FPC draft. Uh, one and a half points per reception for the tight end. So you will start to see the tight, the elite tight ends come off the board right around here. Somebody's going to look and take a stab at a Finley eventually, a Dallas Clark and a Witten. These guys are all going to go in this round two, round three area. You've got to get that elite tight ends off the board because the point value is just so tremendous for those guys. A guy like, you know, Dallas Clark can catch 80 balls, and that's worth roughly 120 balls at one and a half points per catch. And he can, he can hang with the best of the wide receivers and be – you know, just absolutely elite uh, at that one and a half points per catch. So it's interesting to see these. There's there's another quarterback. I mean, Scott, two rounds, and we've only got one tight end off the board. Right. We've got two rounds, uh, one tight end off the board, two quarterbacks now. Glenn X, Glenn Lowy takes Aaron Rodgers, the Super Bowl champion quarterback, the number two quarterback off the board. I'm going to go ahead and mark him off my list. I'll tell you, I just can't ever pull myself to take a quarterback this early in this format. Um, you know, what? You know I, I really think Glenn's going to go uh, wide receiver here or uh, tight end here or running back here, and he's going to wait for the wide receivers. I, I, I think I feel like that's the way that he might go on this. Mike, have you uh, did you play golf tonight? No, I did not. Did you play golf today at all? No, it was too cloudy. It was rainy. Okay. Why? Well, I, you know, I know how you are out on the golf course, man. You know, you get the cooler out, you get the second cooler out, then by the back oh, nine, no, you no, get the I'm third cooler out. I, I, I feel like I know what Glenn's going to do here. Yeah, well, he, he took your Michael Finley, and uh, so he's got the finley Rogers connection uh, along with his uh, first pick, Harry Foster. It doesn't, it doesn't get a lot better than that. Now, Mike, I'm going to put you on hold for a second so I can bring on Tim. Tim is getting ready to uh, look at his pick. I'm, I'm going to bring him on. He's, he's, he's trying to figure out what he's going to do here at the three. He obviously started off with Ray Rice, came back with Ryan Matthews, so he definitely is looking for that, that running back uh, heavy offense here. You would think he's going to grab one of these wide receivers here. There's several out here that are just looking like, uh, you know, absolute steals in the third round when you're talking about 2010 season, now it's the 2011 season. Reggie Wayne, um, you know, Miles Austin, a couple of these guys have to be considerations. And then you've got the BFD breakout player from 2010 and Dwayne Bowe. Uh, he had a great season, up, and, and we've been seeing him routinely go in this range here uh, in the third and uh, early third, and you know it just depends. Every draft's a little different. I've seen him fall in the fourth round. So, Mike, what do you uh, what what do you do here if you're Tim? He's got two running backs on the board. You have to get yourself a wide receiver. Yeah, I would definitely go wide receiver. Uh, pretty much nail Glenn's pick uh, as far as going tight end because he'll go ahead and get those wide receivers. So, you know, I, you pretty much uh, have to go wide receiver here, and uh, there's a lot of options uh, that are open for him. And I'm not so sure uh, which way he'll go, but I would be surprised if he goes quarterback or tight end. Well, he is on the clock. He is milking the clock right now. Maybe a little nerves are uh, setting here. Uh, let's, let's take a look at what Kern Reed did. He, he he went ahead and took Vincent Jackson at that 3-2. Yeah. So that pairs up Vincent Jackson, Steve.
Steven Jackson and Chris Johnson. Uh, what do you think? I, I'm, I'm a little I'm a little leery of Steven Jackson just because I mean obviously the offense is improving. Uh, the guy yeah. is an absolute. I just heard a report he's going to get more receptions at two eleven. You really can't you you can't fault Steven Jackson at two eleven. But I, I can understand why people passed on him. No, I I, I couldn't pass on Steven Jackson. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Tim and Tim just took uh, Miles Austin. And then Ormond come back with uh, Reggie Wayne, so uh, you're uh, about three or four picks away. But I can't, uh, you know, Stephen Jackson, I told you earlier this week, I love his work ethic. I love the fact that he's been with that one team for a long time. And uh, he works hard. I mean, he really works hard. Uh, he's he's solid. And there goes another tight end off the board. Jason with All right, Tim. Tim, how you feeling about that start with Miles Austin there, man? We're gonna, Terry and I are going to go offline here and chat about this pick. Yeah, well, well, you know, first of all, that, that's the Ryan Matthews pick, you know, we, we love him. Um, he, he's a guy that's coming into a great system. Last year, everyone was so big on him, a lot of people are going to be down on him. We say not so fast. This guy's, you know, they, they, they got rid of a Hall of Fame guy that still had stuff left in the tank and with Damian Tomlinson. He never was really a part of it. Yes, he's injured right now. Yes, I'm hearing some, some negative stuff, but – but Ryan Matthews' ceiling is extremely high, so you got to love the potential with him. We were debating between him and Steven Jackson, and ironically, right after we picked that, Steven Jackson went. And we wanted to go follow that up with Jermichael Finley, but Jermichael Finley uh, also went prior to us. So uh, we couldn't decipher between, you know, the, the Wittens, uh, the Dallas Clarks. Uh, so we basically decided to go with Miles Austin, who's, who's one of our higher-ranked wide receivers now that Romo's back. I mean, he had a, a, an unbelievable start at the beginning of the year last year with Romo, and, uh, you know, I think it makes a big difference with him tossing the ball. We like like, like him a lot and, and uh, glad to have him as our, as our number one with those two running backs. Uh, Tim, you know what? I, I don't think that's a bad pick at all. Uh, knowing that you had uh, Jermichael Finley on your radar, uh, now we've got uh, Jermichael gone, Antonio Gates gone, Jason Witten gone, and you got your two uh, main quarterbacks gone in uh, Vic and Rogers. Uh, when do you start thinking about the uh, the tight end and quarterback, or should we, should we go ahead and uh, think about the uh, wide receiver again? Well, we really don't have anything set in stone. It's obviously the best player that falls. Uh, you know, ideally, I'm not a quarterback guy. I think that there's tons of guys late. As a matter of fact, I'm going to make a statement later on when I pick my guy that he'll be higher ranked than most of these guys that are picked in the first round, so uh, I'll, I'll let that out later on, but uh, cool. so definitely going to be waiting on the quarterback and, uh, you know, the tight end we'll see who falls, you know, later on and if it if it's a guy that's worth taking, then then we'll we'll make a play on it. Otherwise, there's a lot of guys that we like late, late there, too, so not not a not something that we're gonna, you know, over invest in right now. Well, talk about uh, talk about real quick, Tim. Uh, I noticed that uh, Scott and Perry they uh, they started with Andre Frank Gore, and then they uh, followed up with uh, Ahmad Bradshaw, and uh, you know didn't go ahead and take care of Dallas Clark. Uh, went ahead with Ahmad Bradshaw. Well, Ahmad Bradshaw is one of my favorite players in the league, even though he's a giant. Uh, the guy's a tough warrior. He's you know, had has the, the, the potential to take it to the house, but is a hard, really good goal line back, which a lot of people don't give him credit, you know, because of the bigger back, Brennan Jacobs. Uh, he gets all the, uh, 
the talk of being the, the goal line runner, but this guy is is a great short short line runner. He can receive the ball. He's outstanding. He's he's going to have another great year. Uh, I think that's an excellent pick. Actually, somebody that I like more than than Peyton Hillis this year. So. Right, and uh, and, I, and I actually uh, I, I and I actually like you know looking at you know Sean Green here just taken. I I'm I'm not a fan of Sean Green at all this year. I I have to come out and say that. That that, that that's a pick. That's a pick that uh, that at this point, um, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not feeling. Yeah, hey guys, well, I want to you know, talk real quick, Mike. Hey, Mike, listen, I'm sorry to cut you off. You've got uh, that that position there with Dallas Clark going at three nine. I really consider Dallas Clark there. It's very hard to turn down an elite tight end that falls to the three eight pick. Uh, but with Bradshaw there, I just felt like he represented value. Somebody that's going to be heavily involved on the team, maybe even the workhorse, the workhorse next to Knicks on that team. Those are the two guys that make that injured run. I'm going to bring on 410 area code. Let's find out who's from the 410 here. Hey, Scott. It's Jeff Pasquino. How you doing? Hey, Jeffrey Pasquino. Glad you could join us, man. What's going on with you tonight? Oh, just checking out the draft, seeing how you guys are doing. Well, what do you think about some of these picks? Let's let's take a look at uh, let's take a look at this draft board real quick. We've got uh, the complete rundown. Generation X started the draft with Foster, Aaron, Ro- Aaron Rodgers, and Finley Jeff to take the number one player in the game last year in Foster and to back it up with what could be the number one quarterback and the number one tight end. What do you think about a start like that when you take quarterback and tight end? Does it put you too far behind the eight ball with a group of drafters like this to be able to field that that full lineup? I would be sweating to the four or five turn for my wide receiver one. That's for sure. Well, I, there's a guy I, that I was very, I was very disappointed to see Lou Tranquilly take Owen Daniels off the board there at four two. That's kind of a little dagger and a twist of the knife. And this is what this format's all about. If you pass on the tight ends, you better be prepared to uh, have a backup plan because somebody just went and stabbed you in the heart with the Owen Daniels pick. All right, look, we're getting ready to come up on uh, our four, three pick here. Trump Monkey, let's take a look at what Trump Monkey's put together here. Uh, I've got I've got Tim and I've got Mike and I've got Jeff Pasquino on here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this over to Jeff. Jeff, uh, Trunk Monkey, Gary Allen started off the draft. Calvin Johnson, Maurice Jones, Drew, and Javid Best. What pick do you like? Uh, is there a pick there that you like or dislike? Uh, that's a lot of risk for Maurice Jones Drew there. I think there were safer picks. Uh, probably would have leaned from going running back there. I probably would have leaned towards Frank Gore. Um, you're gonna pay a lot with uh, MJD with that knee and having to probably handcuff him for insurance uh, with uh, an early pick before round ten for your your backup with where Rashad Jennings is going these days. Tim. Uh... Bring it, bring us home here, man. Uh, Perry and I are going to go offline here, and we're going to try to figure out this fourth pick. But let's take a look at Money Incorporated, Horman Rose, Adrian Peterson, Greg Jennings, and Reggie Wayne. What do you think about that? Yeah, they uh, it's a nice start. Adrian Peterson, you know, Mr. Consistent. Um, uh, Greg Jennings, you know, what can you say? What can you say bad about Greg Jennings? Guy just continues to produce. Reggie Wayne always. 
one of the top players, so that's a great start there. Um, I'm going to go back to the last comment about MJD. I mean, I understand coming off the microfracture surgery. I can understand why people are going to let him fall. There are safer picks. But Frank Gore is ju- just did something to his hip, which is never, ever, you know, we really don't have much history there. So I, I don't really understand how Frank Gore, who's less of a, well, is, yeah, less of a talent than, than MJD, uh, and they're both risky. So I, 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 I definitely can see taking MJD uh, over Frank Gore. Really? Wow. Uh, you know, I, I, I can't, but, uh, you know, they are both risky. Uh, two, of the, uh, two of the things I've been looking at at this draft have been uh, Lou and Henry in the 11 and 12 spot. Uh, Lou goes uh, heavy RB with a tight end in the fourth. Uh, Henry goes heavy wide receiver with a tight end in the fourth. Uh, so you got one team without a wide receiver. you got one team without a running back. So that's going to be uh, real interesting to see what happens in that fifth-round pick for them because they've got their position players, so to speak, but in uh, different types of ways. No, All right, I, I agree. But there's still a ton of hey, good quality running backs here, so – I, I, I don't think anyone should be panicking at this point. Let's just run down this league here. There are five tight ends off the board. Uh, Owen Daniels at the number five tight end for Lou Tranquilli. Richard Mendenhall, Forte, and Sean Green follows it up with Owen Daniels. So he's going to be sitting at the end of the fifth round for his wide receiver one. Let's just take a peek at what kind of wide receiver that might be. Uh, it could be... Anquan Bolden, Sidney Rice, uh, Mario Manningham, Ocho Cinco. Maybe maybe he gets a Colston or a Steve Johnson or a Brandon Lloyd to fall, but he's going to have to cross his fingers. I uh, uh, you got to love to start running back. You're, you're bringing out Mendenhall, Forte, and Green, who are going to be beasts in their systems this year, and Daniels, of course, at one and a half. I would love to hear what Lou has. I would love to see how this plan uh, unfolds. Well, we're going to see it unfold. But uh, let, let's let's also take a look at another team here that, uh, again, you, you get behind the eight ball a little bit when you start to take quarterbacks and tight ends in this draft, Jeff. And uh, here's a guy, uh, Mile High Wonders, Dan Weiss, starts off with McCoy, Gates, and Bo. Uh, follows it up with Des Bryant. What do you think about that draft so far? Bo, uh, McCoy, Gates, Bo, and Des Bryant. Well, I kind of like in, in in a dual flex lead to, to, you know, spread it around a little bit early and taking uh, good value across the board in different positions. It gives you the ability to really adapt, especially if you have a middle pick like that, the sixth pick. You can really just see how the draft flows to you and take, you know, the, the best player on the board regardless of the position and not really worry that you need a running back or a wide receiver or a tight end. Yeah, he got Gates early, but you know, you can definitely validate him being a middle second round pick there. So I kind of like having, you know, not going too heavy running back or wide receiver early on just for the flexibility you have based on how the draft comes to you because you just never know how it's going to flow. All right, I'm going to bring Mike back in. Mike, you've got, uh, you've got a unique perspective on this draft. You've been drafting in this FPC format and the FFPC format in those 77. Uh, are you seeing anything uh, unfold here? Look at Money, Inc. taking Adrian Peterson and following up with three straight wide receivers, Jennings, Wayne, and Brandon Lloyd off the board. I guess with Kyle Orton back in the fold, Brandon Lloyd kind of balled back up to where uh, where uh, Orman just took him. Well, the uh, obviously the 77s are a totally different uh, 
uh, uh, style format uh, than what we're seeing right now. Uh, you know, it's like what I'm hearing from uh, Jeff and uh, Tim and a lot of the other guys is, you know, pretty much take the best player on the board and then just uh, let it filter down. Uh, I am surprised that, uh, you know, there, there's been no real tight end run. Well, here goes Jimmy Graham. And so Tim uh, Tim went on Jimmy Graham. But I am surprised there hasn't been the tight end run like it was, when I, when I mean run one after another. It seems like, it seems like each team is just picking out each player that they want. They're targeting, and that's pretty much it, and uh, the best player. But uh, there's Lou is surprising the heck out of me over there in that 11 spot. Well, it's a good draft so far. We're almost through four rounds. These guys are not wasting any time. Uh, Tim took Jimmy Graham there, as you said, as the number six tight end off the board followed by Percy Harvin. Now, here was a guy that I wanted to acquire in every single draft this year, Percy Harvin, uh, the 4-11 pick, a little bit earlier than we've seen him go. But you know what? He's the number one wide receiver there. Donovan McNabb's in town. I love that pick for Kern Reeve. Let's let's take a look at his team. Chris Johnson, Steven Jackson, Vincent Jackson, Percy Harvin. Uh, again, yeah. Percy Harvin, to me, he's a top, he's a top ten wide receiver waiting to happen. They say that the medicines have helped him uh, with the migraines, and so that's a dagger for me fun. because that guy I was really looking forward to uh, leading me to the FPC championship this year. Yeah, Kern's got uh, he's got two solid RBs. He's got two solid wide receivers. Um, you know, he may come back with a uh, tight end or a quarterback, or he may just continue to go with that running back wide receiver uh, core. You know, Jeremy Macklin, Glenn just took uh, Jeremy Macklin. Scott, real question I wanted to ask you uh, before I get off topic here. Um, LeGarrette Blunt was drafted right before you guys by Vince, uh, before you guys took up uh, Brandon Marshall. Uh, if uh, LeGarrette Blunt was available, do you think you guys would have taken him instead of Brandon Marshall? Well, it's funny you ask that. We we had definitely had a talk right before the draft of uh, what we were going to do with LeGarrette Blunt. Perry and I were both very high on him. He was on our list. Uh, it just didn't work out that way, and so we, we moved on. But, yeah, he was a consideration there. We probably would have had to have taken it offline a little bit longer to discuss to see uh, what what we were going to do there. I'll tell you, I'm really getting beat up by some of the high-stakes faithful here with that Wes Welker pick. Two guys have already commented privately offline that Wes Welker would have been their pick over Brandon Marshall, and, and, I, and, I, and I can't say I, I disagree. But, uh, Jeff, I'm going to turn that over to you. Wes Welker, Brandon Marshall, give us a unique perspective there on uh, what both of those picks there and, and what, uh, what, what do you think about when you look at those two? I think for PPR purposes, uh, you, you, it's very hard to go against Wes Welker. And when you, just, when you draft Wes Welker, you're also drafting an extension of Tom Brady. Brandon Marshall, you're drafting an extension of Chad Henney. Which one of you do you really feel good about, if you feel close about this? But the pick that really questions me, LeGarrette Blount, I, I don't get that as a fourth-round pick in PPR. The guy does nothing as a receiver. I understand that you're thinking that he's going to get a lot of touchdowns in that offense, but he, Freeman runs the ball too. I, I understand the attraction for Blunt, but I just think that there's better guys like D'Angelo Williams and a few other guys out there I would have taken over at Blunt at that point in PPR leagues. Jeff, I got to tell you, the uh, and, and I don't want to get hung up on. I just love the the fact that Marshall is, and, and, and again, Welker's one of those guys too. He's going to get thrown the ball an absolute ton, 
no matter where he's at. And that was that first year off the ACL. Welker had 123 targets. Marshall had 144. I love the targets. I like the fact that he was getting involved in just his first year with the team. They tried to bring in some more speed. They maybe moved Best back to the slot, maybe bring in this rookie kid, uh, Gates, to put him out there. And, and, and who knows what Reggie Bush does in that offense. I, I think he definitely opens it up. But, uh, hey, it's, it's, it's definitely a discussion I want to have uh, as we move forward. Another quarterback finally off the board. Here's where it gets absolutely absurd. And, Mike, I'm going to pull this over to you here, buddy. Drew Brees in the fifth. You know, I, I've always said, I've always been a guy, look, if a guy like Drew Brees falls to be in the fifth, I'm going to take him. And, and yeah. this uh, here, Kern Reeve is no dummy. He takes Drew Brees, and uh, you got to feel good about getting Drew Brees in the fifth. Yeah, you know what? Uh, that's just what I was commenting a couple minutes ago, that, uh, you know, I really thought that Kern, uh, you know, he had two good running backs, two good wide receivers solidified, so he's going to have to go tight end or quarterback. Well, a lot of great tight ends have been taken off, so uh, why not go to quarterback? So he goes uh, Drew Brees, and uh, next time around, uh, you know, he may be looking at a tight end or he may just wait a couple more rounds. Uh, I see where uh, I see where uh, Tim Dano, uh, he goes with uh, Felix Jones to, to add a third running back to that team. Ray Rice, Ryan Matthews, uh, Felix Jones, and then uh, Miles Austin, Jimmy Graham. And then uh, we got Ormond goes with uh, another wide receiver in Santonio Holmes. And then uh, Garrick goes with uh, Pierre Garçon. So, uh, you know, Armand's got uh, one, two, three, four, or four wide receivers and Adrian Peterson. This draft is uh, definitely uh, challenging us here. I'm going to go offline and let you and Tim uh, take this uh, next round here. I'll figure you uh, Jeff, Jeff, you still there, Bob? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, uh, well, we got uh, Pierre Garçon, who's uh, been a wide receiver uh, frenzy here, uh, Santonio Holmes, Pierre Garçon, and uh, Austin Colley. Austin Colley goes uh, after that. So, uh, you know, we're looking at uh, David Lipke is, you know, he's got uh, Roddy White, Michael Vick, Peyton Hillis, and Gus Welker. So, uh, he, you know, I would think he'd be looking at running back, but really who's, who's out there and who's left? Oh, running back, you're about 20-ish off the board now, and Felix Jones. I think you got to look. Guy that jumps to me right now. You got to look at Ryan Grant. I think Ryan Grant's got to be out there. He, he apparently just went bold and he went in a different direction. But I think Ryan Grant or Marshawn Lynch, those are the two names that be built bubbling up to the top for me at running back right there. Right, right, and you know, I mean, that would make a lot of sense. Uh, Marshawn Lynch is very interesting. Uh, that whole offense is very interesting, and. Uh, because you know you bring in uh, Tavares Jackson and uh, you know, throw in uh, Marshawn Lynch, and there could be a lot of uh, a lot of fun things happen for that uh, offense in that division. Because uh, that division, let's face it, don't let them uh, don't let them put up some points. Right, and that offensive line is rebuilt in Seattle too. Exactly. Uh, see, we're uh, let's see here. We got uh, David. He went ahead and took. Uh, Antoine Bowden and uh, Scott and Perry took uh, Stevie Johnson. And after that, uh, Vince wasted no time taking Marquez Colston. So, uh, Scott and Perry, they're looking at uh, wide receiver core of Andre Johnson, Brandon Marshall, and Stevie Johnson, and running backs of Frank Gore and Ahmad Bradshaw. 
still haven't touched the uh, quarterback tight end area. I don't know. I, I'm just uh, just looking at the quarterbacks and tight ends and seeing a lot of these tight ends that have gone off the board and uh, three of the quarterbacks that have gone off the board. But uh, like you guys keep saying, you know, just take the best player available and uh, taking uh, taking Steve Johnson at the uh, what the five eight may not be that bad of a pick. I, I'm interested to see what Scott has to say about that one. Well, I think uh, Mike here, the, the, these five picks here, you've got a little game of chicken going on because none of them have quarterbacks. So you can make the yeah. argument and say Scott says, well, I've got four or five guys on my board. I can ca- if there's a run, I can catch one on the back end. They can all say that. So it wouldn't surprise me if a couple of them start going in round six. I can see that. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, absolutely, Jeff. I just saw uh, No Sean Marino uh, went with uh, Jerry. So uh, so he's doing the same thing. And then there goes there goes Marshawn Lynch uh, with Lou. Wow. So Lou's got wow one two three. Four running backs and a tight end hasn't reached out to a wide receiver at all. Hasn't reached out to a quarterback. Uh, Lou is putting his. I mean, he, he's he's going all running back, and that's just the way it is. So uh, that's very interesting. And uh, Jerry in front of him has gone uh, three running backs and uh, two wide receivers. So you may be right, uh, Jeff. I mean, you're playing a game of chicken. Yeah, and I, I I totally lost over uh, Ingram in, in New Orleans. There he goes right now. Well, that'll be uh, that'll be Henry's first uh, first running back. Yeah, not a bad first running back actually. To wait, he's great value there at the end of the fifth round. No, it's not. Um, I don't know. Uh, Guys, I'm going to break in here for a second, Mike. Ingram was definitely a consideration with Stevie Johnson. We were flipping a coin here with Ingram and Stevie Johnson, either one of those guys. I, I tell you, with the injury to Pierre Thomas, the departure of Reggie Bush, Mark Ingram is, is basically being given and handed the keys to the kingdom here for a potent offense, and he can do it all. He's a three-down back. Uh, the only other – you've got Chris Ivory, uh, you know, from the Liz Frank, and, uh, and Thomas is not even practicing. I mean, what – there's no question in my mind that at 512, you're getting one heck of a back there that could be, you know, a top 10 running back right out of the gate. I mean, it was very difficult to do. You guys were right. We looked at this uh, quarterback thing, and we said, look, there's no way that we can, uh, you know, look at this thing any other way. These quarterbacks are all here. Uh, Manningham is off the board. That absolutely secures us. One of these quarterbacks, Manning, Brady, or Romo, and we'll gladly take one in the sixth yep. round. And, you know. I mean, it, it, it's exactly what you saw, Jeff. It's uh, you, you can't uh, you can't turn down a name like that in the sixth. Right, exactly. That's what I saw. Just a matter of picking. You know, you got to look at least one pick ahead and see what's going to fall to you. And, and I could see, I could see you guys wait. You know, going quarterback in round six because you four teams behind you again have tight ends, so you don't need to go tight end. You can wait another round for that. Mike, uh, we've got uh, Tim Dano on here as well. Tim, what do you uh, what do you what do you think about uh, your end of the draft? We're we're on the up, opposite side here. How are you feeling over there? Well, I was feeling better about five minutes ago until this big run of wide receivers went. We were debating between wide receivers, but we had we saw that there were seven guys that we still liked and had Felix Jones ranked at the top of the list. We we're debating between 
Santonio Holmes, Austin Cawley, and uh, Felix Jones, and ultimately just thought that there was more more value left at wide receiver for what we wanted at that pick upside-wise. So we went Felix Jones, and now all of our guys, Mario Manningham, um, Pierre Garçon, all of those guys just just went in a flash. So so we're uh, we're now going to kind of be chasing at the back of that run, and that's that's not where we want to be. So we're going to have to now look elsewhere. I'm going to go ahead yeah, and post the, the the draft board. I'm going to go ahead and post it here at the crew uh, at Red versus Blue. The chat room is banging tonight. You you see a show like this come about a couple of times a year. And uh, we've got on our hands here, we're looking at Peyton Manning and Tony Romo. Uh, it's an incredible situation to be in here. Uh, Mike, which one you like, buddy? Well, right now, I mean, right now I'd go Peyton Manning. I mean, that's the most secure play. Jeff, what do you say, bud? I'm, I'm thinking that as well because he, you know he's going to throw the ball a lot. It's either him or Romo, and that's really the two guys I'd be looking at here. So... Uh, the rest of your team here, you don't have a commitment to either one of those guys. Wouldn't be sweating by. So I think Peyton is the, is the much more uh, secure guy and probably a 16-game starter, so I'd go ahead and go with Peyton there. Well, you're going to twist our arm, and I guess we'll go ahead and take him. I mean, you know, in the sixth round, okay, you gotta you got to like it. Tim is going to be uh, – I'm going to let – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and uh, pause Tim here so he can think about his pick, and we'll take – the rest of this analysis. Let's go ahead and do this quick rundown here of the back end of this draft. Let's start at the 12 hole and work our way back to the first the first pick. I like to look at team construction here, gang, and uh, when, you, when you look at the Chimeris Henry Muto, he has his quarterback and his tight end secured already, and so he went wide receiver heavy, and anytime you do that, you like to come back and you say, now, how did it, how did it turn out? Well, I almost wanted to block him from being able to get Mark Ingram to, to land because I really feel yeah. like that's a, a very stable anchor there for your running back position. But you can't worry about as much what other teams are getting. you got to really take care of yourself and, and your team, and that's what we did. We took uh, we took our quarterback and Steve Johnson, but he, he if you look at what he put together there, uh, Jeff, he waited on his running back, and he did okay in his RB1. I think he did. He 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 saw that uh, he got a little bit lucky there, but he probably went and looked at the tiers that were guys going to be available. You're going to see an Ingram or a Lynch or a Grant drop to him, who's who's going to see a, a lion's share of the work. So being able to wait there and just front load your team with three solid wide receivers and a strong tight end is a great way to start and dominate a different position, which is really what you have to do with you if you're at the opposite end of the starting uh, lineup from the draft. And that's, okay, that's let's very interesting because when you go down to uh, to lose next, I mean he tried to do it on uh, on a different side of it, like we talked about earlier with the running backs. Right, and, and Mike, we're going to go ahead and move to the eleven pick here. Uh, Blue Tranquility, BFDFantasyFootball.com, men in all four, Tatum Green. He's going to show you how you could take three running backs in the draft and come out okay. He's saying that Mario Manningham is his wide receiver one anchor. Um, Jeff, Mario Manningham had a tremendous season last year, uh, definitely later in the season. Uh, when Knicks had some trouble, Manningham stepped in nicely. Great games against Dallas and Philly and divisional games. And the guy was a, a touchdown machine. I mean, who knew he had it in him? Uh, 80, 60 catches, 944 yards, and nine touchdowns. Now, you would think the touchdowns are going to take a little bit of a hit. 
But also, Steve Smith is in the fold, and he's still uh, he's still a New York Giant. Yeah, but he's going to be in the pop list. I wouldn't count on him, especially in the contest here where everything is demanded on the first you know, two and a half months for the 11-week regular season. So I would avoid guys like that with like the plague. So um, I, looking back on Lou's first six picks, the only thing I would probably change, uh, I, I know I like Sean Green there. Uh, it's good value, but I would probably transpose that. And I like this team a lot better if I put a wide receiver one in the third round there. Yeah. yeah, well, uh, again, if, if, if he's high on Scott Green, you take him there, and then you cross your fingers. He's definitely high on Owen Daniels, obviously, by taking him you know, that early. And, again, for good reason, late in the season, he was really coming on. So the question is, could he have went wide receiver, wide receiver there? But he, he obviously, again, Marshawn Lynch, he's saying, look, the FFPC format is very flexible, and I'm not going to chase a position this early in the draft. I'm going to take the best player available, and that's what he did. Let's – Move on to Trump Monkey, Gary Allen, Calvin Johnson, Maurice Jones-Drew. We've already commented about the Drew pick. A lot of people are having him fall in quite a bit, even outside of the second round I've seen. Job is best, a lot of upside there. They bring in the rookie, Mikel Lashore, to maybe steal goal line. But Job is best is still going to be the guy, and it's a PPR league, so you got to like Job is best there. Deshaun Jackson may be a holdout. That's his number two wide receiver. No Sean Moreno, who everybody wrote for dead when the speculation was there for D-Will coming to Denver, that didn't happen. And so Moreno's value picks back up a notch. McGahee's the only competition really to his game. And then he comes in and thinks the same thing. I'm going to get one of these quarterbacks, and he takes Tom Brady. It's interesting to see that these other teams passed on Romo. I mean, you've got Romo. I have Romo in an elite tier there uh, ahead of these other guys. Don't you, I mean, don't, Romo is back. He's back, and he's got Des Bryant and Austin and Witt and all these toys, and he's receiving running backs out of the backfield. I mean, you're Tony Romo, man, and, you, and, and these guys are letting you slide to the seventh round. What gives? Uh, I can tell you what gives. No running game. No running game. I mean, they've got to have a serious, serious running game. Uh, this team, they, they've done nothing to improve themselves uh, since the lockout ended, uh, and – it's just like, well, we're just going to hopefully rely on our passing game. Yeah, he's going to pass for quite a bit, but, Scott, they do not have that serious of a running game. I think that's actually a good reason to like Romo. I think it seemed to work for Kurt Warner in the past. Yeah. Yeah, Romo. I, I, just, I understand that. But the bottom line is, if you're third and 12 all the time, uh, they're going to have nine guys in the box and, and – there's no chance, and we've seen Romo when he gets uh, a little nervous. All right, we are we're, we're coming up on a pick here. Reggie Bush just went off the board. A very nice pick for uh, for Tim Dano. Tim, I'm going to bring you back on the air, and uh, you made a turn there of Chad Ochocinco as your wide receiver too. Now in New England, and Reggie Bush now in Miami, a running back. Uh, that definitely takes advantage of the PPR. Talk about the Ocho and Reggie Bush picks while I go uh, offline here. Well, Ocho Cinco really was all the last guy at that at that level for us. So we kind of had to, to to go there and take him. We like him coming in. You know, I think he can go back to about 80 catches, uh, probably good for a thousand yards and. And could see him getting eight to ten touchdowns, um, you know, and I think that's kind of just basically the mid, the median where he will be. I think he also has a lot of upside, not Randy Moss, but I think he could, could be a touchdown guy there. 
Um, and uh, then with Reggie Bush, I think, you know, one of our strategies is always to go after a guy who's who's got something to prove and getting a fresh start, and I think that that's a good fit there in Miami with the, with the offensive coordinator who uh, has proven that he likes to dump the balls off to his back. Last year with Peyton Hillis, got a lot of receptions, uh, and uh, now you get yourself a tool like, like Reggie Bush. Uh, with the rookie coming in, I'm not sure how much they're going to give Daniel Thomas, how much they're going to, you know, completely give the load to, to Daniel Thomas, and I think Reggie Bush makes a nice upside play. We basically going to lose every single week. We're going to lose week five, though, because uh, I believe we have uh, now four starters uh, uh, that have a bye week five. So that that's a problem for us. Let me ask you a question, Tim, and uh, I'm going to ask you uh, this uh, as well, Jeff. Uh, the first, uh, you know, five, six rounds, uh, do you really take a good hard look at the bye week? Uh in relation to who you're drafting, uh, as, as far as how it can affect you, will that will that determine if you take this player or that player? Well, not at all. Um, to me, you take your best players. You don't worry about that one week. I mean, my partner and I, Tim, uh, constantly debate this. But one of the things I feel is I actually like having guys stacked up on one week because it's only one week that you're you're not at full power. And so if you can sneak out a win that week and you can can get to, you know the small guys later in the rounds that can that you can look at the schedule and say okay this makes a good spot spot start which is something that that we tend to do very well uh so you know for for our strategy it it works great having guys uh that way there we get it over with and you know after bye week 5 for us we got a full squad the rest of the year assuming no injuries yeah cool. i tend well, to, I tend to I tend to agree with that strategy. I mean, there, there, there's a case in point to be said to spread them around, but if you go in at 90% power for seven or eight weeks, I'd rather be at 100% power but for all but one week and just kind of uh, suck it up for that one week, especially if you can, you know, your team sort of guides towards, uh, you know, you should draft to your best players and then let the draft go where it may. I've definitely doubled up on buys, even you know second or third round. They have the same buy, but the value is there just to put it there. And I've I've written articles in the past for football guys where you actually want to try and think about steering buys to all be the same, so you can basically throw away one week and be 100 percent the other weeks. And this year you can kind of do that with uh, you know Indi- uh, the Colts and the Saints in week 11, where you could actually have full power for the 10 full weeks, which is 91 percent of your regular season in this contest. And then try and you know you may not even care. You may be at nine and one and don't even care about week eleven. Yeah, you know what? That, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of people uh, probably tend to uh, tend to do that. Uh, I personally, I for whatever reason, I I want to look at the buys, but uh, this might be a, a good learning thing for me. Uh, we're in round seven, and uh, we've noticed that uh, there's been three quarterbacks go off the board just in this. Single round. Uh, Matt Schaub, uh, he went off the board with uh, Orman, took uh, Matt Schaub, and uh, Dan took uh, Tony Romo, went off. Uh, Matt Ryan were off the board. Uh, Scott and uh, Scott and Perry went ahead and uh, they they, they go for the tight end. They went Kellen Winslow uh, for Tampa Bay, and uh, Truck Monkey took uh, A.J. Green. So, uh, Looking at what I'm seeing on this uh, on this draft board is that a lot of teams have got a quarterback. Uh, Tim, uh, you do not, but I'm sure uh, you're just kind of waiting around. And 
you know, there's a lot of teams got a quarterback, a lot of teams got a tight end. Uh, Tim, what do you think about the uh, about the situation uh, that you don't have a quarterback yet? Are you okay with it? Uh, more than okay. I still see a couple names on here that I like a lot. You know, I think obviously, you know, if, if a guy like Romo would have fallen to this round, uh, I would have taken him. But I'm holding pretty strong on the fact that there's still four or five guys here that I have no problem and actually probably more than that, uh, having as my starting quarterback. So um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing a problem with that. In, in retrospect, the, the one thing, I, I love Jimmy Graham. I think he's going to be a nice play, but he's not the safest pick. And there's one thing that I could personally change, and I think just seeing Kellen Winslow go where, as late as he did, I think they're pretty close. Uh, on my draft board here, and and uh, I, I think you know I would have preferred probably to take like a Collie, uh, and 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 then gotten uh, you know and, and reached for uh, Kellen Winslow this way. I think that's great value uh, by Scott right there. Yeah, I think I, I think so. And uh, you know when I'm looking at these uh, rosters over and over again, I'm, I'm looking at uh, team eleven and twelve for whatever reason. I'm looking at Lou and Henry. They are. Uh, I tell you what, Lou is really recuperating. Uh, when I say recuperating, he started out with uh, Rashard Mendenhall, Matt Forte, Sean Green. Then he goes tight end with Owen Daniels, and then he comes back with running back again with Marshawn Lynch. So he he follows it up with uh, Mario Manningham and Santana Moss. Santana Moss is a very interesting pick, uh, in my opinion, uh, in late in the seventh round. Uh, Talk about Santana, Santana Moss, guys. Well, 90 catches, and if you look at his numbers with Rex Grossman, you know, towards the end of the year there, they were really connecting. And I think this guy gets really undervalued. Um, you know, I, I think he's kind of, you know, in that twilight area. I know he's still somewhat young, but I think, you know, he's closer to the end than he is the, the prime. Uh, but, but you know, right there, that's great value. I mean, and Mario Manningham's a guy that we wanted. That was one of the guys that we were hoping, uh, didn't re- realistically think he'd fall, but we're kind of hoping that he'd fall. Uh, Lou's done a great job filling filling out those uh, those receiver spots, you know, with with Manningham, Moss, and, and Owen Daniels, who could easily get 80 to 90 catches in that offense. So I think well, he's done an outstanding job. Yeah, and uh, he just took uh, Zach Miller tight end from Seattle. Um, as another tight end, so basically he's uh, he's kind of working along the same lines that Tim is. That look, I'll get I'll get my quarterback. Just give me a chance. I'll get my quarterback, but I'm I'm taking the best player on the board. And uh, Trunk Monkey's up next, but uh, very interesting. Uh, you know, I was kind of uh, down on Lou about the way he was going about it, but uh, you know, you know, like you said, Jeff. Uh, it's hard to go wrong with uh, Manny Ham and Moss because those guys are going to be very solid. And Trunk Monkey uh, ends up uh, going ahead and taking his first tight end, Brandon Pettigrew, for uh, Detroit. Yeah, that's that's an interesting pick. I, I think that uh, his numbers were a little bit inflated uh, when after uh, after some of the injuries that happened with uh, Stafford and a few other wide receiver issues that happened in Detroit, but. The guy's got good talent there, but I think with I think Burleson and Titus Young, if he's healthy, and uh, I think that he might see a little bit less uh, targets to Pettigrew. 
but uh, it's a solid pick. I still want I want to see where guys that you know there's a couple other tight ends where I want to see where they go. I think we're going to see a second tight end run happen in the next couple of rounds because I think tight end two is kind of a shallow pool. It's not as deep as some people might want, want to make out. Right, and you know what? Uh, seeing what Trump Mackey did was basically he was just. Uh, it seemed like he was following the lead because he didn't have a tight end, uh, and just basically going, "I need to go ahead and get a tight end now instead of uh, maybe looking for the best player." I'm not sure, but uh, uh, next uh, Greenwood uh, they took uh, Brandon Jacobs uh, at uh, running back, so it's going to be up to uh, Scott and Perry. Uh, on their eighth round pick, so uh, you know they, they've already well they've already taken uh, Julio Jones at wide receiver. So uh, Scott and Perry they've got uh, at wide receiver Andre Johnson, Brandon Marshall, Steve Johnson, Julio Jones at running backs Frank Gore, Ahmad Bradshaw, wide receiver Brandon Marshall, Andre or uh, I mean at tight end Kellen Winslow, quarterback Peyton Manning. Not bad. All right, guys. <clears throat> Thanks for uh, making a, helping us navigate through that. That was um, brutal, uh, just watching the guys that we like fall. Um, obviously, I think if, if anybody follows Team Legacy on the boards, I'm a big Ryan Williams fan. I think he's the – I think uh, although Wisenhunt is saying that it's, it's Wells, I think he's – I guess he's a veteran guy, but I think that Ryan Williams will dispatch Wells at some point in the season – and and just take that job over for the rest of the year. What the, what he does with it, I'm not so sure if the offensive line is there. But I was pretty, I was kind of getting excited to be attached to him as my RB three. It didn't happen. We also have we we like to take one risk in the first ten rounds, and and uh, you know this is our risk right here with Julio Jones. We feel like that's a uh, a risk worth taking. Tony Gonzalez calling him the best rookie he's ever seen come into camp. That's a nice. Uh, that's a nice comment from a, a Hall of Fame tight end to, to look at uh, Julio and see this, this guy that's just going to rocket, uh, rocket through the league this year with this new offense with Matt Ryan. Uh, well, not not new offense, but they, they're they sure going to air it out. And, and they drafted him like the number one wide receiver. I know they've got Roddy White, but they, they paid a heck of a price for a guy to sit on the other side. And I think they really want to see what Matt Ryan can do with his offense. And So, anyway, I really like – I conversely, I kind of like the Brandon Pettigrew pick. I think with Matt Stafford, anything is possible with this guy. And, Jeff, I'll turn that over to you. I know, I know uh, you were talking about maybe um, the, the touchdowns possibly coming down a little bit, or, or not the touchdowns, but the, uh, the targets coming down a little bit. But Matt Stafford, the sky's the limit with this guy. He's got Calvin, he's got Pettigrew, he's got Seth in the backfield now, LaShore, to really get this offense humming, and Pettigrew's going to be a big part of that. Well, yeah, but they also had you know, they, they had injuries in the backfield. They had Sean Hill, a quarterback who, you know, w- was trying to get the ball out of his hand as fast as possible and often targeted Pettigrew. So Pettigrew's tight, uh, targets were higher with, with Sean Hill under center. Uh, I think Pettigrew's got good athleticism, but he also got he, he also have uh, Tony Scheffler there too, who's who's got d- decent receiving skills to tight end too, plus three different wide receivers who are all very good receivers. There's only one ball to go around. You get two running backs. I just don't know if Pettigrew is going to command as many targets in that offense this year as he did last year. 
Um, and but I do agree that the tight ends were dwindling down. I think that there might be only four or five real tight ends that I'd be feel comfortable left uh, throwing out there on a consistent basis, if that uh, to put in my lineup every week. So you got to pick somebody. Are you going to go with a really old Tony Gonzalez over Pettigrew? Probably not. But um, if if a certain tight end, uh, I can drop his name. It's a go ahead. But uh, if Cooley is healthy, I think that Cooley is the guy I would have taken over Pettigrew there. Yeah, Cooley's having the issues uh, with the with the knee, and, and again, he's got the quarterback issues, obviously. And he was a consideration because again, you're in, this, you're in the FFPC here. You can start a couple of tight ends if you're in a pinch and, and not feel too bad about it. I'll tell you, Perry and I, it, it's kind of tough going through eight rounds of a fantasy football draft and only having two running backs. I mean, that's uh, I know Glenn X, Glenn Lowe, he's feeling the same way. Arian Foster out on an island. You need you need a little help here, uh, and so we're going to have to probably you know make a couple of uh, of, of reach running back picks at some point just to kind of throw something out there and see if it sticks because you're going to need some backups for bye weeks and injuries. And, and this late in the game, you know, well, you know, we pass on those types of options. Jonathan Stewart was an option here. Uh, Jeff, Jonathan Stewart was a guy that, you know, you look at the D'Angelo Williams uh, situation, they paid him the money, and, you know, Jonathan Stewart sort of reminds me of that Larry Johnson back in the day when he's behind Priest Holmes. You know he's behind Priest Holmes. You know you need an injury to really make an impact. But if there's an injury, not only does he make an impact, he's a top ten back. True, and Carolina's getting their offensive line back in, in, into one piece again. So uh, I think Carolina could be a little bit of a smash mouth running. with, And they know that, granted, it's not the same head coach right now, but Stewart was the goal line guy who would often give uh, D'Angelo Williams a breather. I think of the running backs after 30 or off the board, Stewart is a name that I would definitely be looking at. There's a few more that are coming up in the in the 40 or 50 range that I'm sure you guys have on your lists. The guys that can probably unseat the number one guy or the perceived number one guy. Those are the guys you have to start looking in rounds eight through rounds eight and beyond, really. You you need to be drafting for upside. You can't be just saying, well, I know this guy is going to get you know, four or five catches for 60 or 75 yards at receiver. That's not going to cut it. That's not going to break into your starting lineup. That's a waiver wire kind of guy. You see a guy like Mike LaShore just went off the board. That's a guy who's got upside. You know, if best doesn't hold up, LaShore could be an every week starter for you. Although for Glenn, he's got to be right now because he's only his second running back. But those are the kind of guys that you got to be looking at for your younger running backs who might unseat the veteran or at least see third down action and get some catches to be really a value for you with that upside. You can't just go out and grab you know, um, a fullback or a running back that's going to get a couple catches in garbage time and not have much upside for you. 347-324-5404 is the number. Mike, I'm going to turn it over to you here, buddy, because we were working our way through the draft. Greenwood Invincibles uh, has a nice-looking team here. Vince Bartman uh, starts off with McFadden, Turner, Blunt, and Jacobs as a uh, as a backup there. Colston and Rice, Dallas Clark and Mark and Matt Ryan. Talk about uh, Greenwood Invincibles. What do you like and what don't you like? Uh, first off, I don't like the wide receivers. Uh, I I really don't. Uh, Colston, he's uh, touch and go one week great. Next week uh, he doesn't show. Sidney Rice at Seattle uh, with Tavares Jackson throwing uh, to him. Uh, that that could be okay, uh, but I'm not sold on it. Uh, running back, I like what he's got there. Uh, McFadden, Turner, uh, Blunt, 
Jacobs, I mean, that, those are solid. So he, he might be able to be able to start uh, as many of all those running backs as possible. Tight end, Dallas Clark, can't beat it. Matt Ryan, uh, that team, uh, they were they were close to the Super Bowl last year, and I don't see any reason why they can't be uh, close to the Super Bowl again this year. Uh, that's probably why he drafted Turner and Matt Ryan. So, uh, Greenwood Invincibles, uh, let's face it, uh, they're, they're going to be uh, – Vince, he's got, a, he's got a pretty solid team there. Uh, I've, I've looked at a couple other teams uh, that just uh, are – you know, kind of, kind of looking at me right now. And uh, TNT, I'm telling you, uh, those guys, uh, Tim, Tim, and Tim, uh, they've impressed me with uh, Ray Rice, Ryan Matthews, Felix Jones, Reggie Bush. Uh, but then again, they're kind of hurting a little bit at wide receiver as well. Uh, but you know, I like the way they they went ahead and got uh, Matthew Stafford as their quarterback. Right now, it's all shaping out uh, pretty evenly. Uh, seeing a lot of quarterbacks uh, going in the last uh, three rounds, in seven, eight, and nine. In the last three rounds, uh, we've had a lot of quarterbacks going off the board. Um, so, I, you know, it's just uh, it's shaping up evenly, but it, it surprised me, like I said, how uh, 11 and 12, uh, Lou and Henry have been able to recoup um, what I thought would be losses and uh, they're making something out of it. Uh, Jeff, Jared Cook just went in the uh, ninth round. Uh, tight ends are about done. Uh, Jeff, is there any tight ends? Uh, are you looking at the board? Have, have, a, have you had a chance to uh, see exactly uh, what we're seeing? Yeah, I, I'm looking at the board now. Um, Cook, I love Cook as as a tight end, too. I think the, um, I'm just looking at the draft, how it's gone. Like for, for Money, Inc., he was, one of the la- he was the last guy to get his first tight end. I think he slipped up there. He should have gotten Cooley or Gronkowski uh, in the round before and skipped Pierre Thomas. I think that would have come around. Uh, I think there's a couple of tight ends still out there. I think you've got uh, Heap in Arizona. I think uh, Kevin Cobb definitely looks to his tight end. He was great friends with Brent Selleck. They were a huge uh, combination when they played together. Uh, I think that he's going to be uh, some upside value there. But after Heap and Cook, I kind of draw a line and say, I'm not sure if I trust much. Maybe you got um, uh, the second tight end in, in New England, uh, Alex Hernandez, is, uh, is another option. But uh, that there's not a whole lot left. And you know what? Uh, I'm looking at uh, teams that uh, they pretty much all have uh, just one quarterback. And I would pretty much say that uh, – Kevin Carr, well, you know, I hate to, hate to, you know, exactly say what's going to happen, but uh, there's going to Kevin Carr's going to be off the board here. I would say very soon uh, with uh, one or two of these teams because that uh, Ken Wisenhunt, I mean, he, he, I think he's pretty sharp, and uh, they've got some players around right now, and they can make something happen. So. Uh, it would not surprise me to see Kevin Cobb go off the board within the next round. I could very well be, but I think there's a couple other tight, uh, quarterbacks out there. I think you've still got um, uh, Sam Bradford. You've still got uh, Josh Freeman to go. So I think those guys are going to go a little bit ahead, and Lou could take one of those guys in the next two picks for him. He's the only quarter, guy without a quarterback yet. I saw where uh, Scott and uh, Perry took uh, Jermaine Gresham, which at the uh, – you know, him and Kellen Winslow works well. Uh, Malcolm Floyd uh, went to Vince, 
And, uh, you know, Malcolm Floyd, to be honest with you, uh, he just signed a contract today. And, uh, you know, that might not be a bad fit uh, for that team. They've got McFadden, Michael Turner, LeGarrette Blunt, and wide receiver. I was just giving them down the road about having Colston Rice. Well, now they fill in with uh, Malcolm Floyd. So that might be a good fit. Yeah, that's not a bad pick because, again, when we talked about Welker earlier, now you have Floyd as an extension of Rivers, so that's pretty good. But the one concern is that he's the third target, not the second as the wide receiver, too, because you have Gates in San Diego. Right. Well, Chalk Monkey just took uh, Steve Smith. What's your take on Steve Smith? Because uh, Carolina Steve Smith, I've had a heck of a time – figuring out what I want to do with him, uh, where I want to draft him. Uh, he was drafted, uh, what, 9-10 uh, just now. Uh, is 9-10 a good spot for Steve Smith, Carolina, or what do you think, Jeff? I think he is good value there. That's about wide receiver 40 or so off the board. Um, you're, you're seeing a guy who's definitely going to be the wide receiver one. I think the Carolina actually has some tight ends there that are actually going to uh, present some targets for um, whoever is going to wind up a quarterback, and we've seen we have seen Steve Smith in the past be able to put up numbers even with double coverage and and modest to underwhelming quarterbacks playing and just throwing the ball up and see what we can do. Steve Smith will get you some numbers as a wide receiver four on a, on a team. I think that's a pretty good roster spot. Right, good deal, good deal. Uh, Lou, come back with uh, Braylon Edwards. And uh, of course, I don't know if he's any more in any more trouble. Uh, like uh, Braylon Edwards, uh, so he uh, joins uh, Marion Manningham and Santana Moss on that team. And uh, the aforementioned Aaron Hernandez, uh, he went ahead and went uh, to uh, Henry. So uh, Henry has uh, jumped on in the uh, tight end bandwagon, gotten his back up to Vernon Davis. So Henry's looking with uh, Hakeem Nix. Larry Fitzgerald, Mike Williams at uh, wideout, and uh, running back Mark Ingram, uh, Chris Wells, Ryan Williams, quarterback Philip Rivers, and his tight ends are Bernard Davis and Aaron Hernandez and waiting on another pick. So, uh, I don't know, he's setting up pretty good. I definitely like the strategy they were going with two running backs at the uh, seven eight turn and kind of grabbing the whole Arizona running game. I think that's a really interesting, good strategy to work with uh, if you've got the twelve pick. And I'm, I'd be curious to ask him at post draft if that was his strategy going in, because yeah. that really would explain why he went wide receiver, wide receiver early in the draft. Yeah, exactly. Because you know that's uh, three uh, real quick picks uh, at wide receiver. And, uh, you know, I, I think maybe some of those players just uh, pretty much fell to uh, fell to Henry. And, and he's like, okay, well, let's just uh, let's go ahead and take the best possible available, these, uh, you know, these first three rounds, and then we'll go from there. And then not only that, uh, he follows up the first three picks uh, being wide receiver with a tight end. So, uh, so that worked out pretty well. Uh Lou, uh, he went ahead and take. Uh, he took uh, Robert Meacham. So, so now we're seeing Lou back up his running backs with all these wide receivers, and Henry back up his wide receivers with all his tight ends. And uh, so, Trunk Monkey, uh, Trunk Monkey, uh next, and uh, he has uh, 
looking at his team, he basically has a wide receiver, three wide receivers. He has Calvin Johnson, Deshaun Jackson, A.J. Green, and Steve Smith, and he just picked up Rashad Jennings at running back. So he's yeah, got that was a hand- yeah, that was his handcuff. Team. Yep, good handcuff. Exactly, exactly. But that's another well, reason. I'm going to come back here, guys. Uh, I, uh, Rashad Jennings was going to be our play there, and to see him go, it was a smart play by uh, for the Maurice Jones-Drew owner to grab that because we were all over him. We thought about him at the turn there before, but I tell you what, with Winslow, you could never be too safe about your tight end position. No. And I thought it, was, thought it was important to get a guy like Gresham, who, look, heavily involved last year. You lose your top two wide receivers. Uh, he's going to be heavily involved again. I don't know if they're going to be – they're not going to be any good, but that's okay for fantasy purposes. You don't have to be good. You just have to be involved. And I think Gresham, I want to comment. he'll be involved. I want to comment real quick on your pick, Scott, you and uh, Perry. Uh, Tim Hightower, beautiful. And I'll tell you why. It's, it's a new environment for him. He wants to be able to have a chance. And let's face it, Tim Hightower has a chance – to win that starting job over Terrain because of Terrain's injuries. Uh, sure, Washington, uh, I mean, they're probably not going to make the playoffs. They may, but I doubt it. But I tell you what, they have some things in place. And Tim Hightower, uh, I think, is a very solid pick. I'll agree with that, too. I think there's no downside to that pick there, especially in a PPR format when you know at worst, at worst, he's your third down back and going to get you four or five, three, three to five catches a week. Well, let's take a look at a couple more of these teams, guys. Um, who's next here up on our on our list here? David Lipke, existential crisis. Let's take a let's take a serious look at how he constructed this team, starting all the way with Roddy White. Uh, and again, taking him over Andre Johnson. That's the first statement of this draft. He he goes ahead, comes out, and makes it. He says, "Look, this is going to make everything easier. Julio's great. It's going to make everything easier on Roddy White." And I tend to agree with that. You know. You got to think that while he was double covered all those games, you're not going to be able to do that type of coverage with you when your offense really opens up. And so Roddy White, Michael Vick, okay, he's 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 uh, he's, he's gone ahead and taken two risks in the draft right off the bat, coming in with Peyton Hillis in the third round. Can't can't fault that. I mean, a guy that just completely dominated last year. I I mean, Brad Shaw and Sean Green and these guys, Peyton Hillis is definitely in that discussion, if not clear cut ahead of those guys. Wes Welker, again, look, we took Marshall over Welker, and we, we heard about it from a couple of the, the best high-stakes <laughs> players in the game. Antoine Golden in the fifth. You've got to like what he's doing here. He's, uh, yeah. he, he's And then he grabs Ryan Grant. I mean, so two solid running backs, three great wide receivers, one of the best quarterbacks in the game. Here's where it gets interesting. He goes Danny Amendola in the seventh. And I'll tell you, if anybody can figure out the St. Louis situation – uh, you're, you're smarter than me, but the one thing you can say, and Jeff, I'll turn this to you, Danny Amendola is probably the safest wide receiver on the St. Louis Rams. I'm not sure any of them are safe, to be honest with you. I can make a case for five or six guys to be starters, so I don't know how you can say any of them are safe. I, uh, granted, he's probably the most likely to be the slot guy, PPR guy, Wes Walker-ish guy in St. Louis. So, yeah, for that standpoint, you can make the case there. And, you know, he's going to keep the rookie the rookies out of there because they're, they're probably going to be on the bench or practice squad kind of guys just because of the lockout and how that was handled. So uh, 
I, I like I kind of I'm lukewarm to this whole draft overall. I think he got decent value. Uh, I love the Ryan Grant pick. Uh, I like uh, I like the Vic pick, but I think the second round is it's it's tough. Uh, I'm not sure if I take Roddy White as the wide receiver one, especially with now a wide receiver two that's legitimate in Atlanta now. I think the team's okay. I just not it's not something that leaps out to me as like yeah I, I really see this guy as dominant. Well, let me ask you this, Jeff. Uh, based on the, the way he was picking, uh, looking on who went after him and what what he had available, uh, in your position, would you have taken uh, Danny Amendola, uh, AJ uh, Kellen Winslow, AJ Green, or Santana Santana Moss? Uh, I could make a case for most of the guys that were going after Danny Amendola. I could see a case for um, taking uh, Ryan Williams or Chris Beanie Wells or Brandon Jacobs. He only had two running backs at that point. I could definitely see Santana Moss. That's a name that jumps out at me. That's a guy who is much more proven, much more likely to be a stable guy. But he's already got three wide receivers at this point. He's got no tight end. He's got... Uh, he's only got two running backs. I don't think that I think the wide receiver four would be a luxury there. Even if you took Moss, I'd probably be looking at another position, taking a Brandon Jacobs or taking a uh, a tight end that I really like, like a Zach Miller. All right, it's getting real interesting here, fellas. This is where the draft can make you or break you. You look at these. Do you look at gold or do you see uh, you know one man's? Trash is another man's treasure here, and lots of picks are getting skipped on. There's there's lots of ways you can go in a draft like this. I love when we're talking about team construction here. You Do you take somebody that is going to be a contributor, that's somebody that you can plug in your lineup, that you can count on as your wide receiver for if you need it for 10 or 12 points, or do you take somebody that could be lightning in a bottle but could be in an absolute mess? Uh, Mike, what, 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 kind of a, what are you looking for? What are you looking to do with your team here? Because everybody's kind of got their positions locked down now. What kind of picks are you making at this point in the draft? Uh, right now, I'm I'm looking for uh, somebody that is new to a team uh, because this is so different. This year is so different than uh, past years. I'm honestly I'm looking for somebody that is new to a team uh, that can make a difference. Uh, a Ronnie Brown, for instance. I mean, that's a little bit later down the road, but. Somebody that uh, is, like I said, new to a team that uh, in a new environment that can make a difference, just like the Tim Hightower pick that you guys made. Uh, because situations, uh, they mean everything. I think the, uh, the hoodie, uh, the hoodie proves that in, in New England. Uh, you know, you can you can put a player in a situation, and under that situation, they can be a heck of a lot better player than they were in that old situation. So I, that's what I'm looking for. It could be a veteran. It could be a, a three, four-year player, somebody that's you know been in the league but can make a difference in a different situation. Couple All right, interesting picks just went off. Yeah, a couple interesting picks just went off the board. I love the McGahee pick in round ten. I think that guy, uh, again, kind of what Mike's saying there. At this point, you're really looking for. Guys who have a story, give me a story where this guy is going to be a contributor. Is there a clear path or a clear line of thought that says this guy could be a big contributor? McGahee, we definitely know the contributor or factor there. If uh, if Moreno is just a washout, then McGahee is your guy. 
Uh, and I think Glenn, I think he missed an opportunity there at the 10-11 turn. If he likes Hardesty, I understand it, but um, what about going Woodhead and like a, a Shane Vereen and grabbing two running backs in New England and kind of grabbing uh, a bigger piece of that running back pie in New England and seeing who wins that battle? That's a, that's an inter- interesting way to look at that, uh, Jeff. Uh, you know that makes sense. Uh, something I saw uh, also was uh, Ormond. Uh, he went tight heat at uh, tight end. Uh, now here's a guy that's often injured, and, you know, and he's you know it's kind of a risky play, but you know he's often injured because he was kind of a focal part of the offense that he was in. Uh, in Arizona, he might not be that much of a focal point, but then again, that might be a good thing because he's going to be a situational uh, tight end receiver slash receiver. So, you know, it, yeah. it was a heck of a tight end run. I mean, we had uh, we had Greg Olson, Todd Heath, Vasante uh, Shianko, uh, Ben Watson, Brent Selleck, uh, just boom, right off the board. Yeah, I mentioned that earlier. I I, I, I... You know, pretty much called that one. I said a tight end two yeah. will happen soon because the, the the tight end twos dry up. And I made a case for Heap and the guys in Carolina. Those guys, you know, pretty much the tail end, and, and Brent Selleck as well, of guys that have you know, starter capability, tight end two strength there. And if you don't get one now, you're not going to have a strong tight end two like a couple teams that are in the back end of this draft right now with only one tight end. Yeah, I mean, you nailed that, and uh, that's absolutely right. Now we're now we're starting to get a running back run with uh, Scott and Perry. Uh, they went with uh, Jacquez Rogers uh, for Atlanta, and then uh, on the on the back side of that, uh, Vince uh, he goes with uh, Michael Bush, and then the the short toys. Uh, I think could be. I'm a Dallas fan, but the uh, short toys is a very very interesting pick because. Uh, you know, he might be the one guy that might be able to open up Romo. Uh, you know, like what we were talking about earlier, uh, you know, I think Romo, he could have a big year if he has the running game there. Well, I think he's going to have a, a good game, a good year no matter what, but I, I do like Choice, and he's a guy that's proven in the past where if he was given 15 to 25 touches a game, which he could definitely wind up with Felix Jones doesn't hold up and he gets injured again, he can put up 100-plus yards in a game. Uh, and I th- definitely think that he's a guy that has that upside story. Fucking <laughs> 7-3-2, you're on the air on red versus blue. Uh, give a take on this draft, man. We're, we're still trying to figure out what the heck we're doing here. How you guys doing tonight? Hello? Who do we got here? We're doing great, man. We're drafting. We're drafting live at the FPC draft. Talk to us. What do you see here, man? Who is this? This is Rob Burns, Reign of Terror. Well, what do you see tonight, man? What do you what do you uh what do you what do you see on this draft unfolding? Who do you like? Which team do you like? Well, I have a lot of respect for the TNT guys. I know I mean I've drafted uh I've I mean I will you know, I'm professional so I watch this stuff all the time. What I like tonight is I like uh, Mahai Wonders is waving up, and I uh, like Team Two also. Lost. I've been charting it through the first the, uh, eleven rounds, taking a look at everything. Um, but I really like Mahai Wonders draft the best so far. All I'm right, well, uh, 
are you going to draft an FPC draft, or how many of them are you going to draft? Maybe that's the better question, man. Somebody well, me and, me and Blaine Terra would have won the whole thing last year if uh, Ryan Matthews um, would have showed up. <laughs> but now um, we're, we're drafting. We're drafting the main event again. Uh, we're drafting uh, three football guys. We're not doing the Wyckoff main event, obviously, because the issues. Right. And um, basically, well, you know, we, we you know, we, we're, we're big time high state players. Well, we are. We're glad to have uh, the high states crowd here. This is red versus blue. We kind of uh, we're always in the high states world here, and. Uh, this draft has been uh, incredibly difficult through these uh, rounds 8 through 12. I think every pick, after we click the button, it's like, I don't know if that was right or not, but we just, uh, we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you know what, you have to, it's been a, it's been a hard, you know, it's hard because you got a lot of cramming to do as well. Uh, I mean, like, you know, we didn't know if there was even going to be a season, so then you have to, it, it, you know, it's been difficult for me. I've been hard at work. I'm a big-time CDM player, salary cap-wise. I mean, I wrote for, you know, Emil in his magazines and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, tonight, you know, just charting this whole draft, just trying to get an idea of what everybody else is thinking so I can, you know, I may, may meet up with these guys later on, so I want to see, have an idea of what they're thinking. Uh, that's true, that's true too. We, there's, no, uh, there's no secret identities here. Everybody's on the up and up, and... And that's why we want to thank all the drafters that show up every uh, year so far for these Red versus Blue live uh, play-by-play commentary drafts. It's a, it's a little bit of a, a public thing where, uh, you know, it's no holds barred and anything goes. And if you want to call in and have a take and, and show us what you uh, what you think of this draft here, you know, you know that's what uh, that's, you know, that's what happens in the real world when you're when you're a part of a draft. You got commentating going on, people thinking what you should do with your draft or or take a tight end and. and you know, I kind of like to see our industry get to that point where it's okay and it's not going to rattle the guy that's sitting down at the table. He's got his plan. It doesn't matter what you say. <laughs> well, yeah, that's 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 a fact. I mean, um, when I was looking at the, the um, Mahai Warriors, I mean, the reason I like this team, I'm Jared Cook, Ben Watson. I mean, that's great value at tight end right there this year. I mean, he he did a really solid job. What I'm yeah, I was, I was a little disappointed. I was a little disappointed to see Jared Cook go because I didn't know exactly where he was going. Thankfully, uh, we got Gresham, but Cook's definitely one of those breakout candidates this year. Yeah, he's six five. He's fast. He's got Hasselbeck throwing in the ball. What's not to like? I mean, with Britt's situation, I mean, look at his last three games, last four games. There's a few players that haven't went off the board yet that I'm still waiting for to go off the board. Um, <clears throat> Team two did a good job. I mean, CJ. I mean, I mean, what's? I probably wouldn't have took him there, but still, he did a solid job. He got V. Jackson the third round. Harvin, I really like with McNabb. Breeze in the fifth is awesome. And then he got Gronkowski, Terrain, and Hello to back him up because he knew that Terrain can get banged up. That was a nice, nice, nice play there. Um, I'm not sure um, that I like Lou's team too much. You know. Um, I like Lou. I'm not sure about this, his squad right now, up to the 10 round point. Um, but basically, but basically, I just wanted to call in, you know, and just, uh, you know, throw my two cents in, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, there's a lot of good drafts going on. Thank you for calling. Uh, any, any, come come back anytime. We're we're here every Friday night, and uh, glad to have you uh, enjoying the draft with us tonight, bud. All right, Scott. I appreciate it. You have a good night. All right, take care. Yes, this draft, guys. Uh, we still got Jeff, and, and we still got Mike on here. Mike, I'm going to turn it over to you, man. This uh, this uh, Mile High Wonders. Uh, the caller just told us uh, he really likes what he's doing there. Uh, Daniel Thomas, you've got to count on Daniel Thomas as you're running back two, and then you still need a flex position player. I guess your flex position player is either Stewart or Jared Cook, so uh, or, or maybe Ben Watson. What do you think of um, what do you think of Mile High and Wonders and Dan Weiss's team? Uh, you know what? I, I mean, I, I didn't care for the Daniel Thomas pick uh, at all. Uh, Jonathan Stewart. I think he'll be fine with that. I mean, you know, even though uh, even though things are going well with uh, D. Will uh, in, in uh, Carolina, but uh, you know, I, I still think there's the Darren Sproles pick. I really like. Uh, it just you know, it's a great offense. It's a great spot. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I, I think they're going to be okay there, but uh, it looks like it looks like to me that. Uh, Maha Wanders, uh, their team so far, I hate to say it, looks fair at best because, uh, you know, you got Romo as your quarterback. You got Gates as your tight end. Jared Cook is solid tight end and Ben Watson. But I'm talking about guys that can score points in fantasy football. There's not a lot of points out there. I hate to say it, but there's not a lot of points out there. Mm. I see some names on that list that can put up a lot of points. So, uh, to what we'll degree to disagree there? You got McCoy, Gates, Des Bryant, Tony Romo. Um, I mean, those are four pretty big names that can put up points in bunches. Austin Collie, I've, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm layer of the injury, but I think that he can put up points in bunches, and he showed that last year too. So, um, I don't agree with everything he did. I think Daniel Thomas is a risk there, but. You know, it was drying up quickly at the running back position, but Jonathan Stewart is great value in round eight, so we recovered nicely there. Darren Sproles, there's a guy you got to think about. The other wrinkle with the FPC and FFPC, action scoring. If you've got a guy who can run back a kick, like Deshaun Jackson or Percy Harvin, who I really like, or Darren Sproles, that could be a free six points that just might pop up from time to time that you got to like, so... That's a nice little added bonus when you get uh, picking your guys and just as a tiebreaker if you run turns a kick now and then. Yeah, Des Bryant's been known to do that too. So I think those guys definite upside. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying, Jeff. I, I just uh, I have a real problem uh, with that whole team. When I I shouldn't say that, but I am. But uh, Dwayne Bow, uh, he's uh, one week good, one week bad. Uh, Des Bryant, one week good, one week bad. Austin Collie, it's the same deal. All the all the players on this team, uh, with the exception maybe of uh, LaShawn McCoy and Antonio Gates, uh, you don't know what you're going to get. Now, well, I'll, I'll give it Go to ahead. you on Bow because Bow was a, was boosted because he was the main target and got a lot of touchdowns, which we know are. Hard to predict, but Des Bryant, uh, he didn't start the beginning of the year last year. He was a rookie. Uh, he had his quarterback go down middle of the year. And he still put up six touchdowns. So now he's going to start for the beginning of the year 
I think he's going to have an impact on Miles Austin, who I think was overdrafted. I think Des Bryant's going to put up a lot of points and a lot of touchdowns and may get to double-digit touchdowns this year. It would not surprise me. Okay, well, what about Austin Collie? I mean, is he... Uh... I, I said earlier, he scares He scares me, but he can score points in bunches, and Peyton Manning loves him when he's healthy. The question is, is he healthy, and for how long will he remain healthy? Drafting him in round five is scary to me. Um, just... I can I can see the case for it, but I would probably go in a different direction if I was risk averse, which I really try to be in the first six rounds. All right, we've got uh, man, well, you know some some of these picks, man. I'll tell you what, I, I'm just kind of you know this is a very difficult draft. Uh, the, the 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 things still need to shake out in the preseason. We're drafting before the preseason; it's still kind of unknown. We haven't really seen any or heard a lot of camp news yet. It's just very difficult. Tim, I want to turn it over to you. You took a guy I really like because here in Indianapolis, we're hearing a lot about DeLone Carter, uh, and he's got the size and power. I think he's like 5'9", 220, 225. This kid could really, you know, if a guy seems to struggle, they didn't re-sign him, but uh, DeLone Carter seems to have almost leapfrogged in the minds of all the Colts fans, uh, Donald Brown, who's been kind of doing nothing and stuck in the mud. Well, as you know more than anyone, he's he's had his opportunities and really his field to, A, stay healthy and really produce at the, the highest level. That is Donald Brown. So Carter comes in, you know, quick back out of Syracuse. It's actually uh, my partner Tim Bowie's uh, big sleeper pick. That was one of his guys that he had spotlighted, and that was his play. So uh, we, we like the upside there at this point. And, uh, you know, there's, there's some other guys that, you know, we, we saw as maybe safer plays, but – that's the type of guy that, you know, something, if he gets the opportunity in an offense with a guy like, you know, Peyton Manning dumping off the ball, he, he could be a good uh, good little guy down the stretch to have. I, I really like the pick. I, I've been hiring Carter ever since the draft. And just, you can sum it up in one sentence, he's better than a die. So if, if a die can put up numbers that are good in that offense and Carter's better, then you see the upside already. So I, I love the pick of Carter. Getting a guy with that kind of upside in round 13 is a great value pick. Yeah, my my biggest question is, can he block? Because we know that Joseph Adai is, is the personal protector of Peyton Manning. That's something that really gets overlooked uh, with people. You know, we, we look at how, how quick they are and their, their break, you know, their – their ability to break the long touchdowns and so on and so forth, but they got to get playing time to put up points. And, and one way to do that is to block. And Adai is one of the game's best. I can completely see why they got him back. But, you know, he's always going to get hurt, and, and there will be times that this guy gets a chance. And like you said, it's a guy that could potentially hit home runs and, and uh, be a good guy down the stretch. No question. Okay, no question. I, I want to ask all you guys a real quick question. When was the last time uh, – Indianapolis had a uh, running back, uh, uh, a number one running back for, say, seven years, six years. I'll even take five. I'll take five. A number one running back for five years. Edgar James. Uh, Edgar James. <laughs> okay. How long? I mean, that was a long time ago, right? It, it was. I mean, that guy's been very – He's been a solid player. I mean, he's 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 produced, you know, and and uh... that that that's not the way their system is set up. You're you're if if you're drafting uh, an Indianapolis Colts running back, I'm sorry, you're you're going to be in trouble. 
they've scored more than 10, 10 touchdowns on the ground year over year. So I, I, I understand that, but well, I guess I'm talking dynasty. If you're, I'm sorry, I, I'm talking dynasty. Uh, in a redraft, yeah, for for just right away, if you're going to get ten touchdowns out of uh, an Indianapolis Colt running back this year, uh, I'll be shocked. Well, uh, you know, Mike, Mike, with that take, you know that that's what uh, that's what you're here for, man. You know. You're here to you're here to uh, bring the noise and uh, you know don't let these guys don't let these haters mess with you. This is this is this is a dynasty league, okay? Mike, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give you the last word on that because uh, <laughs> you know hey. Joe Adai is uh he was a running back one there for uh, I think he was the fifth pick in the draft one year, right? Because that guy he came out of the gates uh, like a barn burner. So uh, this Delon right. Carter, if, if he's got the if he's got the real deal, the real package, he's getting a nice value this late in the draft. Well, I mean, I, I believe that. I mean, he, he's going to be uh, you know that might be a good value uh, if you're looking for touchdowns out of a running back from a Indianapolis Colt, you know, running back. You're not going to get it. I'm sorry, you're not going to get it. All right. Well, listen, we uh, we're still taking calls here. Jeff Pasquino's uh, brave enough to step up. Tim Dano is here. Michael Trent. I'm Scott Atkins. Team Legacy. We're live with the FPC, the Football Guys Players Championship. Uh, signups are there at the FFPC. You can you can see the signups at the, at FootballGuys.com. It's a $350 entry fee. They have the three pack. I think still for a thousand. You can get three teams for a thousand. And uh, it's your mid-level entry fee and entry point into the world of high-stakes fantasy football. If you're a casual football or a fantasy football guy and you want to make that next step up, this is the kind of league that you want to look for. You got, you've even got smaller satellite leagues, you know, around these high this high-stakes community. You got the $77 league, $150 league, but this one here puts it right at the 350 point. that says, hey, if you win this thing, you can be sitting in Vegas where we're all going to be here just about a little over a month. A little less than a month. We're going to be sitting in Caesars Palace, drafting at the FFPC main event, and uh, going for the big money, the $200,000 top prize. Those guys raised their top prize from 100000 to 200000 this year. They raised their lead prizes to 10000 And this is what, you know, next to our families, this is the most important thing in our life, right? I mean, I think all of us, is there anything yep. more important? We've got our families, and we've got this. This is what it's all about, man, and I am so dang excited we're we're flying through this draft, by the way. These these drafters, we've only had a couple of mishaps with the computer. We're in round 14, turning into round 15, and we're only an hour and 40 minutes into this draft. Can you? I mean, these guys are flying tonight. Jeff, hey Scott, you, uh, you, you, go ahead, Mike. Go before ahead. Uh, Tim's getting ready to pick, uh, he just took Kevin Boss. Uh, talk about your team real quick. Let, let's break it down. Uh, you've been through uh, 14 rounds. Uh, you and Perry talk about it. Well, I tell you what, I, I, I'm going to be able to talk about my team for, for weeks on end here. I, I, I would rather defer and try to get through a couple of these other guys first, and then we can maybe we maybe have time at the end of the program if, if time permits. But we're, we're kind of hurting on we're kind of hurting on time right now. We've got 17 minutes left. We've still got a few more teams here to go through. Mile High Wonders. Uh, we we just talked about Dan Weiss's team. Let's talk about White Razors for a second. Garrett McFadden has kind of been. Under the radar here, you, you got to follow uh, White Razors on Twitter, real active on Twitter over there. 
starts off with Jamal Charles in the fifth. I think he's loving life with Jamal Charles at five. Mike Wallace, another guy who is uh, an, a lethal weapon, or so it seems. All the numbers and all the metrics point to him being one of the best if they give him more looks. That's the only problem. Will they give him the looks he needs to justify that draft spot? Followed by Jason Witten. Absolutely love the pick there. D'Angelo all the way back at 4'9", 4'8". You know, this is a guy here that a lot of folks had skyrocketed up their draft boards in in this offseason because they for sure thought that he was going to be a number one somewhere. He is a number one. It's just in Carolina again. Uh, The question is, how will that all shake out? You know, $40, $50 million here, it looks like he's the unquestioned number one. So to be able to get that at the end of the fourth, you got to love it. Pierre Garçon, a lot of people are high on. Uh, you look at the way he ended the season last year. To be able to get him where he did, uh, he, he took him over Anquan Bolden and Steve Johnson and Marquez Colston. Yeah, so he's obviously saying that he believes that Garçon is, is worthy of that draft spot. That'll be only time will tell. And then uh, I think it's a real gift to get Joseph Adai at the end of round six. Um a lot of people may say he's on his, uh, he's too brittle, he's too this, but when he plays, you're going to be able to look before the game start on Sunday and say, is he going to play this week? Now, if he's a dreaded questionable or game time decision, you know, you're going to have to watch it real close. But most of the time, you either know or you don't whether or not he's going to play. And if he's going to play, he's very likely going to be in a good situation to get another three or four catches, another, you know, 60 to 80 yards, and a good chance at a touchdown in a Peyton Manning offense. It's a, it's a, it's a nice pick. So through six rounds, he really did a great job. Jeff, you look at the rest of that second half of that team and tell me if you see anything that you uh, like or dislike. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna look for my pick here. Well, uh, let me, uh, let me grab that. Look at that. Uh, I think yeah, he did a pretty good Raiders. job. White Raiders. Uh, what do you, what white do you see, Mike? Why pull it up? You're looking at White Raiders uh, with uh, Jamal Charles, uh, Mike Wallace, Jason Witten, uh, D. Will. In round four, Pierre Garçon, and then he goes uh, Joseph Adai round six. So through six rounds, uh, he had three, you know, pretty good running backs there. Uh, you can't go wrong with Charles, obviously. And then uh, Mike Wallace, Pierre Garçon at wide receiver. He solidified his uh, tight end with Jason Witten. And then round seven, he goes Mike Tobert, which to me doesn't seem bad. And then then Jarvis Green Ellis. And uh, he was able to wait and wait and wait, and he waited for the right spot in round nine for uh, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, quarterback. Do you have it pulled up yet, Jeff? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, I think that's pretty solid. I think he's got some uh, yeah. goal line potential there for Tolbert and uh, the law firm there in round seven and eight. Uh, a lot of investment in running back, though, in the first eight rounds with five picks there. That may come back to haunt him a little bit. But Big Ben in round nine, good value. Lance Moore is good value. Shanko's good value in round 11. I think uh, you see McNabb hitting him in the end zone a few times this year. Uh, and then he he just finished in round 15 with Blair White to try and handcuff and uh, pad Pierre Garcon in case there's some injuries for the Colts. What's your thought on uh, Jordy Nelson? Uh, I, I think there's good upside there, but I th- the James Jones signing scares me. But no team goes four and five wide more than the Green Bay. It's just a matter of who's going to see the targets. Nelson's got the good targets there. I think um, I would be looking for a Donald Driver soon. I'm not sure if I've seen him on the board yet. 
but I think that's a name that needs to pop up as a guy that you know it's it's kind of a Derek Mason like player. It's a it's an crafty AG veteran who's going to get those third down first downs for you and uh, get some value for it. But if if he fades, then you can just um, pull him out of your lineup and put Nelson right in because I think their their guys are pretty much interchangeable. Yeah, that is kind of surprising that uh, you know. Uh, of course, Lee Evans uh, Lee Evans went with uh, Glenn. Uh, and but no, there is no Donald Driver. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Aurelius Ben just went. Uh, Scott and uh, Perry took Aurelius Ben, and I know Scott's always been high on uh, uh, Ben. But uh, that is surprising that uh, Donald Driver hasn't uh, hasn't shown up. Well, this, that's the case where you're looking for a sexy pick versus a slow and steady guy, and one of those guys is going to go. But Ben is the kind of guy that's a wide receiver, too. I think Mike Williams, is, I think he was one of the most targeted wide receiver ones out there after Larry Fitzgerald or Dwayne Bowe. But uh, they really relied heavily on the first uh, the first wide receiver in Tampa Bay. I don't think anyone else had that over 40 catches in Tampa Bay, maybe even 30. So I think Ben, if he's healthy, if the knee holds up, because they're going to hold him out in the preseason and make sure he's good. If he's ready to go, I think that that's a great upside pick in round 15. And I think the last three guys he picked, Crabtree, Earl Bennett, Ben, all high upside guys, which is what you really want to shoot for when you're looking at your wide receiver five through seven. Otherwise, why do you have him on your roster? Right. Right. And well, hey, I'm going I'm I'm, I'm to jump back in here with that. Ben is a guy that, you know, at this point in the draft, you know, okay, he might not even be a guy that is ready for uh, the start of the season. He has cleared, but, you know, any injuries like that can linger and come back on you. But I look for picks, like you said, high upside, but guys that, you know, hey, with an injury, there's not many guys left at this point in the draft with an injury to become a fantasy star, and Freeman is still going to air it out. The second factor I look at here is our team construction, and we're counting on Winslow. And if Winslow does go down – uh, that's maybe Ben has become the guy that we could plug in in, a, in an emergency situation. So I, I want to move on to this next team here, Money Incorporated, our defending champion, Ormond Rose. Uh, Money Incorporated, Mike, he gets Adrian Peterson at the four. Go ahead and run down his roster there, and so we can take a look at that together. Let me get Mike back uh, on here. There you go, bud. Yep, gotcha. Okay, start out with uh, AP uh, running back and then uh, went ahead with four straight wide receivers with Greg Jennings, Reggie Wayne, Brandon Lloyd, and Santanio uh, Holmes. Uh, so he goes running back, four wide receivers, jumps right back in with another running back with Fred Jackson. So he's got AP, Fred Jackson, and those four uh, four wideouts. And then uh, he goes ahead and gets his uh, quarterback, Matt Shaw, and then comes back with Pierre Thomas. First tight end off the board uh, for Money Incorporated was uh, Dustin Keller. And then he comes back with Thomas Jones and gets Todd Heath, which I like a lot. So Dustin Keller, Todd Heath, not bad. And then uh, Shane Vereen, Heinz Ward. And he uh, shores up his uh, quarterback core uh, behind Matt Schaub with uh, Kevin Cobb. I think it's good. I think uh, the way I have it going this year, I think about wide receiver 20 to 25, depending on how you grade them out, is really the end of it, the elite startable guys tier, which kind of works well with when you figure out your two starting wide receivers in this league. But with a dual flex, 
if you can get four of those top 20 to 25 guys, you're really going to be a dominant team, I believe, because you're going to be um, matching up so well and have the depth uh, when the buys start to hit there to really plug in three every single week uh, if it lines up properly. But it, it, you'll have three or four guys every week to roll out there that are top, 20, top 25 wide receivers. So that's really strong. Um, the the pick I don't like, and I kind of see Heinz Ward as a waste. I, I don't I don't get. I understand that you know he looks like a good value there, but you've already got four stud wide receivers. Um, I don't see a ton of upside. I know he's consistent, but um, I think the weakness of this team right now is tight end. I think Dustin Keller as a tight end one is probably the weakest tight end one that's out there. I might have gone with. You know, maybe uh, I'm, I'm wacky or Heath Miller or Boss or Dixon and, or even Lance Kendricks. One of those guys that has gone for the last five tight ends, grab that guy in round 13 and yank Heinz Ward off there, add a couple of depth wide receivers later on if that's what you really want to do. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Jeff what, went after. Uh, he took, uh, obviously, he had Keller and then he took uh, Todd Heath. And after Todd Heath went uh, Shianko, Watson, and Selleck. I, I agree with that. I think that that was a good move on his part because, as we mentioned earlier, the tight end twos dry up quickly. And as you saw after he picked Heap, five more guys went before his next turn. So uh, I think that was good. I think the real interesting name that's kind of out there in the, in the round 14 pick, which I really like, is the Kevin Boss pick in, in Oakland. Now, it says, it says New York Giants right now, but he signed in Oakland today. So how's that going to work out? We saw what Zach Miller did there. How is he going to play? Is he going to be more of a blocking tight end, or is he going to be a move tight end and catch the ball? I don't know. I think it's a very interesting upside pick, uh, especially when you need some tight end depth there and some dual flex help. I might have grabbed Boss. You guys yeah, keep it going. I'm, I'm going to make my pick here. <laughs> okay, no, no problem, Scott. Uh one team that uh, that we haven't talked about uh, a whole heck of a lot is uh, uh, existential crisis. I mean, we, uh, we well we talked about Ronnie White and uh, Michael Vick, uh, but their later round picks uh, they went ahead and took uh, Brett Selleck uh, in the round before that, uh, Ladanian Thomason, Josh Freeman. You know, they they really had not uh, – they, they had Michael Vick, but they were getting a second uh, quarterback, and they went ahead and got Josh Freeman, James Jones, and Ronnie Brown. Ronnie Brown in Philly, you know, this whole free agency deal has been uh, – it's been something else. But, uh, you know, you got LaShawn McCoy. Uh, what role do you see, Jeff, uh, with uh, Ronnie Brown in Philly? Uh, back up. And a third third down guy, maybe a little bit of a gadget, but I think he's insurance. That's the Eagles are going for it this year. There's no question in my mind. I think everybody's pretty much agreed with that statement. But and as an Eagles fan, I'm pretty happy to hear that this year. But uh, I think that the Eagles have never really consistently run the ball under Andrew Reid. He's always throwing the ball at least 60 percent every year. The running numbers a little bit inflated last year because Vic ran the ball so much as a quarterback. But I think that Ronnie Brown would be lucky to see five or six carries a game, maybe a couple catches. He'll spell 
um, McCoy out of the backfield. Um, I do like the Selick pick. I think Selick as a tight end. Uh, again, uh, I, I see all the Eagles action, so I, I love the Selick pick because they've really been shoring up their offensive line, which is going to allow Selick to get off the line, not block so much, and go out over the team and catch some passes. And Freeman is a second tight, a second quarterback. He's really he should be starting. He's a top twelve quarterback, if not higher. This year. Great insurance for Vic. Yeah. You know what? I totally agree. Uh, you know, I, when I saw that Freeman was uh, drafted that low, I, I was kind of surprised. But, you know, they went through, you know, in rounds uh, six, seven, and eight, you know, it seemed like, you know, quarterbacks are in round nine as well. Quarterbacks started uh, going off the board. Then they went through a kind of a break. But, uh, you know, Josh Freeman, but would, another thing that I was talking to uh, with Scott, um, earlier this week was uh, Tampa Bay, you know, they had a pretty good year last year, and they were showing uh, a lot of signs. Josh Freeman, LeGarrette Blunt, you know, so many guys were showing so many things. Uh, I've seen this happen before with teams to where they they show it, and then the next year, uh-oh, 5-11. and 11. Uh, Do you see that out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or do you see them to continue to progress? I think Tampa's going to get better. I, th- I, th- I think that you have to expect that. But the thing about Freeman, the wild card there, is that you know so much of the offense was Blunt himself and uh, Mike Williams. So how much are they going to incorporate Ben? How much you know is Calvin Winslow going to keep keep it up for another year? Word is that he didn't have surgery this year. That's a definite, and he looks better. But I think that's a very tough division. I think you have to have a good offense and a great defense to compete. And they're putting together. They just drafted two defensive ends to compete well. Um, they had to replace Barrett Root, who's not coming back. They're going with uh, Foster on the, on the linebacker. They didn't really shore up the defensive backs. They haven't spent a whole lot of money in free agency. So you could look, look at that two ways. One is they're not going to be as competitive because their defense isn't as strong as it could be, but that's going to boost the fantasy points because they have to put up a lot more points to keep up on the scoreboard. So I do like Freeman. I think a lot of people are, are kind of looking at him as a uh, a tight end, uh, a quarterback two who can become a quarterback one. I think you've got that uh, enigma around him and Flacco and Stafford and Bradford this year. Those are the four guys that can really move up into that top 12 tier. Um, but Freeman, the, the big piece of him is that he can run the ball. And, uh, and, and if he can if he keeps that part of the game up, that's what made Vic and Vince Young and Dante Culpepper so so elite when they were for fantasy purposes because they could add those four to six hundred yards of rushing. Let's take a look at uh, Glenn Lowy's team here for a second. And um, Glenn Lowy was uh, started off with a, uh, a you know three of the best players in the game comes out and fires away at four wide receivers. So I guess he's saying, you know what, I'm going to put four wideouts on my on the field every week. I've got Rodgers and Finley and Foster. I've got, you know, that's 60 points right there. Uh, and I'm going to put these wide receivers out, and then I still need to come up with one other running back. And the question is going to be, who's he going to put in there week one? LaShore, Hardesty, Woodhead, Murray. I, I bet he goes Woodhead. You know, Woodhead's probably in the best situation. Uh, a rookie's not going to beat him off right off the bat. So, yeah, I think I think he's hoping that Woodhead is that guy, and then if, if – if, you know, you can count on Knox and Thomas very likely to be uh, to be in your lineup. 
I, I, I'm a little leery. I think I would have found a way to maybe sneak a running back in there. I would have loved Reggie Bush on this team. Reggie Bush at 7-1 would have made me feel, ooh, nice and warm inside, man, because, look, Reggie's going to get you 50 or 60 catches this year in that offense. They're talking about it being involved. And seventh round, that's what that team needed. So I would have liked to have seen that. Guys, we've already got we've only got two minutes left in this broadcast. It's been a fantastic time. Uh, it's, it's kind of difficult to draft and commentate. So I think I'm going to bow out from drafting and these things from now on. I'd really like to be on looking at the teams unfold, and I haven't been able to do that because I've been so concerned with my team. But, hey, you live and learn. Uh, Glenn Lowy, Kern Reeve, Tim Dano, Orman Rose, Garrett McFadden, Dan Weiss, David Lipke, Perry Van Hook, and Scott Atkins, Vince Barkman, Gary Allen, Lou Tranquilli, and Henry Muto. You guys made this happen tonight. Thanks to the guys at the FFPC, uh, Dave Gerzak, Alex Kaganowski, David Dodds at, FP, at the Football Guys, and Joe Bryant. Uh, we're, we're live in, in the middle of an FPC draft. It doesn't get much better than this. Jeff Pasquino, thanks for joining us. Mike, Tim Dano, thanks for being on this show, man. And, Mike, uh, hey, you know, great, you know great we'll, job, be, everybody. we'll be back here next next Friday night doing this same dang thing. And, uh, you know, we can't wait to see everybody in Vegas. We've got a lot of going on in the high stakes world. It's fun to get back to what we all love, and this is what it's all about. So thanks, everybody, for being on Red vs. Blue. Everybody in the chat room, we'll see you guys next week. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.